As the season comes to a close, we are seeing one trend that is really, really promising and one that you might miss if you're not looking so carefully. That's what we're here for. That plus we get ready for a big West Coast trip. Let's talk about it. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed, Locked On Magic. Today is March 14th, 2023. Happy Pi Day. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, one promising trend that you might have noticed, you might not have. Let's We'll dive into the numbers as Jalen Suggs learns to shoot. That, 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 that's, that's pretty that's pretty spectacular. We'll get to that, plus get ready for a big West Coast road trip that starts tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day day. Jalen Suggs' season has been, or Jalen Suggs' career to this point has been one of great promise and great frustration. On one hand, when the Magic drafted him, it felt like he fell to them and felt like it was going to be a revival for this team. Uh, The kind of player that the Magic, frankly, haven't had in nearly two decades. That's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. Um, that's, that's a lot, but that's the kind of prospect the Magic believed they were getting in Jalen Suggs. Of course, there have been tons of injuries in the middle. There's been some frustration. There's been a lot of stops and starts, a lot of promise, a lot of disappointment. It's been, a, it's been an interesting two seasons for Jalen Suggs, to say the least. But at the end of the day, there are a few things that we believe we know about Jalen Suggs as a player. One... The dude is an incredible competitor. He's an incredibly tough guy who's going to go all out for his team, sometimes to his own detriment. He is going to find ways to make an impact. And as the Magic told us throughout all of last season, uh, last offseason, and as we've discovered this season now that he's healthy again, this dude is one of the best perimeter, potentially one of the best perimeter defenders. In the league. I'm not going to say one of the best yet, but, but he is going to get there. At the very least, and I think the last time we talked about Jalen Suggs, this was what we talked about, Jalen Suggs had clearly carved out a role for himself. He had clearly kind of set the table for what he could be. But there was always that but. There was always that, that, that one thing holding him back, that one thing keeping him from being the player that we all know he can and eventually may well be for the long term. He couldn't shoot. That was the big issue in his in his rookie year. The one thing that was just like, is this kid going to be able to shoot? Can you can you play with a guard who is a non-shooter? Can you build around a guard who is a non-shooter in the way that Jalen Suggs was? And you know, a lot of us who were watching it would say, well, the injuries played a big role. 
I will continue to say and will repeat in this segment that a healthy offseason is going to go a long way for this kid. The question was, can Jalen Suggs shoot? Because his rookie year was not good. And in fact, for his career, even including this season, he's shooting 26% from beyond the arc. This season alone, he is shooting 31.6%. Considering he was a 22 last year, that is a pretty darn good improvement. But obviously still a long way to pull him up. And, and yes, the Magic have had to work around the fact that defenses just do not consider him a shooter. Every question, every little thing about Jalen Suggs always circles back, always leads back, always comes back to whether he's going to be able to shoot the ball or not. It's, it's really that simple. And so... The way Jalen Suggs is ending the season has had to pique a few people's interest. Has had to kind of raise eyebrows. Has had to get the Jalen Suggs Twitterati or or the Jalen Suggs supporters to start getting excited again. Because Jalen Suggs, ladies and gentlemen, is making shots. Making three-pointers. Because he had already begun to establish himself this year. As a really strong, uh, frankly, as a really strong uh, uh, pull-up jump shooter. Someone who is going to hit a mid-range shot off of one or two dribbles. The shot was always there. The mechanics were always there. But for whatever reason, that NBA line was a hurdle that he was struggling to get over. That isn't necessarily the case anymore. Looking at just the last 15 games, so obviously a little bit of a cherry-picked sample size, but let's take a look at the last 15 games, nearly a quarter of a season. Jalen Suggs is shooting 18 for 50 from beyond the arc. That's 36% if you can't do the math. 36%. Wendell Carter is shooting 17 for 50. Gary Harris is shooting 37.5%, 24 for 64 Cole Anthony is shooting 14 for 37. Franz Wagner, 28 for 73. Jalen Suggs may not be warping defenses. His drives are definitely warping defenses. Teams are afraid of his driving ability, uh, according to data from our friends at Basketball Index. But his three-point teams are happy to let him shoot threes, and he's shooting about 3.7, about 3.5 per game, a little bit more than that. But he is starting to make them. 36% is a pretty good average. It's not elite by any means. It's not game-changing. It's not changing the world. But it is pretty darn good. And you look at some of his recent games, you're seeing some some three-point games that are pretty impressive, including Saturday's four-for-six performance when he scored 16 points, Uh, including... A two-for-five performance in the loss of the Pacers a few weeks ago. Suggs may be a little bit more selective with this three-point shot. And sure, a one-for-five outing against the Utah Jazz stands out. But three-for-six at Toronto. Three-for-four in the home loss to Miami about a month ago. These are all signs that Suggs is starting to get his shot down. He's starting to make these shots. He's starting to make these plays. And that's really important. That's a really big deal because this is the one thing that could change 
his entire outlook. This is the one thing that could change his potential, his ceiling, how the Magic even use him. There is a fair debate to be had about whether the Magic should start Jalen Suggs or Gary Harris because Jalen Suggs is such a transformative player defensively and such an impact player defensively. I like him off the bench still. Um, I think Gary Harris does a lot of things that a lot of people aren't recognizing, but at the same time, Jalen Suggs is scoring so much now and, and, and able to kind of put that pressure on the defense in a way that Gary Harris can't that we at least have to think about it. That we, we at least have to put that debate on the table. And, and that is not taking away from Gary Harris. That is a credit to Jalen Suggs and just how much even thinking that he has a reliable three can do, for, uh, how valuable that is to his progression. Jalen Suggs isn't there yet. Like I said, there's a lot of one-for-five performances still. There's still some one-for-threes. And I would argue that probably his best bet is to be one-for-three or two-for-four every game. If he is one-for-three or two-for-four every single game that he plays, we're not talking about high volume here, if he is able to do that, his shooting percentage is going to jump up and the way teams defend him is going to jump up and that's going to allow him to attack the basket. We're already seeing that at play. That's why Suggs has been able to have a much bigger offensive impact of late because that shot is, a, is now a nominal threat. It may not be a huge threat. It may be the shot that teams wanted to take, but he is starting to make enough of them that defenses are getting out to him a little bit sooner, are leaving him a little bit a little bit less open and allowing him to drive or allowing driving lanes for other players. There's less bodies in the paint. We all know that this team needs shooting. And frankly, that is the big thing that's going to have to happen this summer. The shooting improvement, the step that Suggs has seemingly taken, that's got to continue into the offseason. Suggs is going to get his first healthy offseason of his young career. That's really exciting. We're really, really hopeful. We're really, really eager to see that play out. Hopefully, knock on wood, things things can still happen. That dude is still held together with duct tape and glue sometimes because he throws his he he throws his body around. But, but if he gets a healthy offseason, there's a real chance that his three-point shot could take a very real step. He's proving proof of concept here that he can shoot at a higher level. That when healthy, when given the chance to play a little bit more, he can indeed make these shots. And that's what the Magic need to continue to see. A big reason why the Magic can still make a surge. A big reason why the Magic's offense has taken a huge leap. A big reason why Suggs is that much more effective. His threes are starting to go in. And that's a trend that needs to continue. We're going to talk a little bit about the play-in chase. The draft lottery chase. And why the Magic are in the best position. We'll continue a conversation we had on yesterday's show. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first... A quick word from our friends at Ibotta. Groceries, school shopping, and getting a little something for yourself, you know you're already doing doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Or Ibotta. Um, I, f- I forget how they want us to pronounce it. But it's, it's I-B-O-T-T-A. That's Ibotta. You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or... Or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. 
Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries was more than $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than at the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta, or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Go, just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED today. I want to reset a conversation that uh, we had on yesterday's show. Um, I'm going to lash out at people, and if I, if I went a little far, uh, sometimes on this on this subject particularly, I apologize. Um, I, I I I don't like losing. <laughs> if, if you if you can tell, um, I can accept losing. I can break down losing. I can understand why I lost and accept why I lost. I don't like losing. Um, I'm a big believer. You do the right things. You, you put the work in. You should. You, you should. You, you can accept that you do that, uh, and, and and take the result where you may. But ultimately, we all know that the goal is to win, and winning is really really important. And even when we're looking at the long term view of this team, winning is vital. Jalen Suggs is a great example of this. What is Jalen Suggs going to gain from? being handed the ball right now and told, take 15, 20 shots. I mean, unless, you know, he is still prone to making bad decisions. Outside of his three-point shooting, the next thing that he has to really develop and, and learn is how to make better decisions on the fly, off the dribble. He's got to find a way to get his turnovers down. There's a lot that he needs to learn. And he's a great example of the larger point that I always make this time of year. And it's, it's funny to me that I'm still having to make this point um, that he is going to learn far more when there are consequences for his actions than if, oh, it's okay. You'll learn. You'll do better next time. Yeah, that, that sentiment is still there. But feeling the weight of those decisions is going to force change. When he unders, when you know, when you know, I make this pass, I made this turnover, that's going to cost my team something valuable. That's going to spur change. That's you're going to learn who's going to change to make their team better, and who's going to just keep doing what they're doing. And and, and frankly, those are the kind of things that. You, and, and look, Jalen Suggs is going to learn how to do the right thing. Like he he said after Saturday's game that he played a terrible first half, turned it around in the second half, had a great second half was. Absolutely instrumental to Magic winning that game. Made some big plays in overtime on both ends of the floor. That dude is a winner. He gets it. And so I, I, I hate having to always come back to this point. And I hate belaboring this point. But I want to put some hard facts here for, for, for a lot of people. The Magic are getting the best of both worlds here. Whether you're someone that's already looking at the lottery, and we'll take a look at some of the, some draft prospects here as we get ready for the NCAA tournament, 
I will show you my bracket um, when I finish it. It is still in, uh, in progress. I've got my first draft done at least. Um, I, I think three Big 12 teams is, is too too little, too much. You know, tell me tell me in the comments, I suppose. Um, but but for those that are starting to look ahead to next to next year and, and and write this season off, you're I'm not going to tell you you're completely wrong to do that, but I think there's still a lot to gain in the here and now. The fact of the matter is, the Magic are closer to the play-in tournament than they are to the lottery. The Char- they are seven games clear of the Charlotte Hornets for the number four spot in the lottery standings. Orlando's fifth in the lottery standings. So they're still getting pretty good odds. I don't have the odds sheet in front of me here, but it's like a 10% chance of getting in the top pick. It's, it, it's, it's a pretty good chance still that the Magic are going to end up with a very good pick. Having said that, they are three and a half games out of the play-in tournament. So they are close enough, three and a half games with 14, with 14 games to go. It's not the game distance that's the problem. I think the Magic can make up that game distance, uh, theoretically. The problem is they got to climb over three other teams. And look, if you're ready to pack it in or, or, or you don't think they're going to make it, like I said yesterday, that's not the point. The point is to go through the process. The point is to go through the pain. The point is to get the experience. It does not matter if the Magic make the playoffs or not. That is not the judge of success or failure. The point is to feel that pressure, to get this experience. That stuff's important. But like I said, they're about to get the best of both worlds. Because who is sixth in the lottery standings? Who is the team that the Magic have to be afraid of outpacing? Well, that would be the Washington Wizards, who are 11th in the Eastern Conference regular standings. Essentially, the Magic's choice in the play-in push is this. Either you're getting the fifth pick, you're getting the fifth best odds to win the lottery, the fifth place in the lottery standings, or you're making the play-in tournament. This is why the play-in tournament exists, because everybody, essentially, except for four teams at this point, have something to play for. And the Magic, yes, are indeed playing a little bit with house money. It is not likely the Oklahoma City Thunder are about to, to fold up and, and drop in the standings. The Utah Jazz were 12th, I think, when they came to Orlando last week. A couple wins later, they're now 9th. And, and, and look, the West is so tightly packed that they might be down to 10th or 11th again after they lost to the Miami Heat on, on Monday. The fact of the matter is, Orlando is in such a great spot that they can still make a postseason push and set themselves up for the lottery and, and for potential to get a really high draft pick. I would say this to anyone that's thinking this. Um, if the Magic were to catch Charlotte at this point, A, that means they probably went 0-14 because they ain't catching Charlotte. Um, that would mean something's gone terribly wrong. And that would mean there is a bigger problem that we have to resolve and we have to solve before we get to the next step. And I think we all feel this. Next year is a playoff year. Um, I don't want to think too much about the 2024 season because a lot's going to happen between now and the start, and, and October 2023 um, when the season starts. But I think we can all feel pretty comfortable in saying that a lot of us externally at least, are going to expect this team to make the playoffs. Postseason, whatever it is. We want them playing beyond the regular season next year. That is one of, you know, this team has proven with what they have this year, they are capable of doing it. 
And again, we want to see that continue. We want to see that continue to grow. Uh, the Magic probably have at least six win, five or six more wins left in them at minimum. We want to see this team continue the pro- progress and progression we've seen them make since December. There's still more work to do. I'm not saying we're a finished product. I'm not saying we're where we want to be, where we want to be completely before the 2024 season. But Paolo Bancaro improving, Franz Wagner improving, Wendell Carter getting healthy and improving, Jalen Suggs improving. That should be a playoff team in the Eastern Conference next year. No offense to the other teams in the East. Everyone has has that feeling. This Magic team should be the it team next next year. You know, I don't think we need to be the Sacramento Kings quite yet, but like last year's Cleveland, this year's Sacramento, that's who the Magic need to be for next season. And you don't just do that by flipping the switch. You do that by going through the process and learning these hard lessons now. So yes, there might be some close losses. There might be some bad losses. There might be some frustrating losses. And that's all okay. But nobody gets better by sitting on the bench and waiting for next year. That's 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 my my only point here. The magic ha- the magic took care of their lottery odds by starting five and twenty. They'll be getting a very solid draft pick in this year's draft, and of course, they have Chicago's pick most likely coming to them too. If they are able to catch Washington, that means they should be in the play in anyway, and that's a good result as well. That's where everything sets up as we get ready for this big West Coast trip. We'll talk a little bit about what to expect as the Magic hit the road out west. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at FanDuel. We are coming to the structure of the NBA season. It's really hard to believe there are only 14 Orlando Magic games left this season. We're hoping for a 15th, like I said. We really want it. It, it. it might be a long shot, but it's still out there. It's still possible. But now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, so you can get in on the action as the Magic make their final push to the end of the season. New customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if you, your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. We're all staying up late. Give yourself a reason to stay awake for these games out west. Look, there's only one 10 o'clock game. We got a 9.30 game Sunday. It's a very manageable West Coast trip, everybody. Not a lot of magic after dark coming here. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We look forward to these. Every single year, we get two big West Coast road trips. West Coast road trip number two coming a little bit later in the season. The NCAA tournament road trip here for the Orlando Magic. Uh, I'll have my Northwestern Wildcats light the beam when they're in Sacramento. Uh, But a a, a big four-game road trip nonetheless. But one that feels, I don't want to say manageable because it's, it's not manageable. These are three of these four teams are playing well and, and very difficult to beat and not easy easy games to play. 
But a road trip where, you know, the Magic have had really successful road trips. They've had two straight three-and-one road trips on their extended road trips. They've played well against the Western Conference. I I honestly said, I honestly thought this. Maybe I didn't vocalize it. But I didn't really believe that when we got to this point where the Magic were close to the playing tournament, that we would really know if this team was going to be serious and have this opportunity to make a playoffs uh, or the postseason after this road trip. Road trips are always gut checks to me. You got no one to rely on but yourself. You don't have the comforts of home. You don't have the Ant-Man Health Training Center. You don't have a lot of practice time. You've got to be able to dig in deep and get wins. And look, we saw this team dig in deep, get wins in New Orleans. We saw a really nice effort in Charlotte on the last road trip. This team is very, very capable of banding together on the road like this. This is not an easy road trip. I don't want to look past San Antonio. San Antonio is starting to get starting to play the injury game a little bit as we get closer to the end of the season. They may not have Keldon Johnson. They may not have Jeremy Sojan. That's going to gut them a little bit. This game on Tuesday night, this game tonight, is a big, big test for the Orlando Magic simply as a test of can you take care of your business? Can you get your business done early even? We, ha- we saw them struggle to maintain leads against the Miami Heat. We saw them struggle to put away the Charlotte Hornets. Um, they won that game fairly comfortably. They won that game running away. But it wasn't ever like a 20-point game. They, they, or they, they took a big lead, let Charlotte come back, make it a little bit interesting. Those are the kind of moments that have to stop. This is the kind of game where you do your, you do your job, you, do profes- you get a professional win, and you move on. You get to the challenging part of this road trip. San Antonio does play hard. I, I want to give them all the credit in the world. They do all the things that young teams are supposed to do. They may not be able to play at the at a sustained level uh, long enough to get wins right now, but they do play hard. Greg Popovich is Greg Popovich. He is not going to let his team relent. He's not going to let his team quit. This is a big, big game for Orlando to just set the tone for the road trip. Defend at a high level. Look, I don't care how much the Magic win by. They could win by 10, 12 points. They could win by 8. I want to see them keep the score under 110. I want to see them really defend well and set the tone for how they're going to defend on this road trip. Franz Wagner is questionable for the game with the sprained ankle. Franz Wagner's a bionic man. I, I can't imagine he's not going to play, but if there's a game to hold him out, the Magic could probably get by without him in, in this one because the Spurs are the Spurs right now. Um, that is an odd sentence to say, and I, I feel very weird saying that because of how good the Spurs have been. We get to the meat of this road trip on Thursday when the Magic travel to the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix, even with Kevin Durant out, are still playing very, very well. That is a very strong defensive team. They're starting to kind of hit their groove and find themselves, especially in the aftermath of the trade. Devin Booker finally looks healthy, has gotten into a rhythm. He is a really dangerous player. And of course, we're going to look forward to Gary Harris guarding him. We're going to look forward to Jalen Suggs guarding him. But that's going to be a really tough cover. Markel Fultz on Chris Paul is also going to be fascinating. This Phoenix team is not the Phoenix team we saw in Orlando. Obviously, a lot of trades have happened. A lot of guys are healthier now than they were when the Magic blew them out uh, in Orlando earlier this season. Um, it's it's going to be a real challenge, but th- this is a winnable game too. Phoenix is still figuring themselves out. They've got some star power, obviously. They've got some solid players, but they're still figuring themselves out. We saw, uh, you know, they, they struggled. They lost to Golden State uh, on the road. Golden State's a tough home team, obviously. Um, but they're still very capable of beating you. Then Orlando gets an L.A. doubleheader. Saturday afternoon tilt with the Clippers, followed by a Sunday night tilt with the Lakers. The Clippers are the Clippers. Yes, they've got flaws, but they can still beat you really handily. They've got Kawhi Leonard. they got Paul George. they got a v- they got a Vita Zubas, who's very, very good as well, um, to man that paint. 
that is going to be a gut check game. The Clippers may not be able to beat you all the time, and certainly the way they rest their players sometimes, you get away with some stuff. Orlando can't give up a 16-point deficit and hope that they can come back and win in overtime like they did back in Orlando when they ended that nine-game losing streak. But this is a game where Orlando is going to have to be on the ball because LA defends well. They've got offensive weapons. They're going to be tough. And then the Lakers, even without LeBron James, and LeBron James isn't going to play, Mobamba's not going to play in that game either, most likely. Anthony Davis is still really, really dangerous. D'Angelo Russell is starting to look a lot more comfortable with the Lakers too. They play hard. They've got a bench that's very potent, can score a lot of points. They'll defend and get after you. They'll take advantage of your mistakes. All of these games are winnable, in my opinion, honestly. Uh, Phoenix is probably going to be the toughest game of this trip. All of these games are winnable, though. They are teams that have flaws, um, but can also play really, really well. And their baseline is obviously higher than Orlando's baseline. So Orlando's got to play well to win these games. But the Magic have done well on the road. They've played well against Western Conference opponents. The goal, I think, on this road trip is to go 2-2. Two and two. You split a road trip, you're usually pretty happy, especially these long West Coast road trips. And San Antonio should feel like a free square. Obviously, it's not. you got to do the work. you got to beat them. But that feels like a free square. You take care of your business there, and all of a sudden, you feel really good. Like, if we could get one more win, we're going to be able to tread water. We're going to be able to keep, our, keep ourselves in this thing Come home to Orlando. We got a nice little homestand. I think it's a four-game homestand. It's a four- or three-game homestand. It's Washington, New York. Uh, who do they play? Brooklyn. Washington, New York, Brooklyn. Washington's obviously a big game right when they get home. Those are usually tough, those first games First games back from road trips. New York's obviously playing very, very well. Brooklyn, Brooklyn is like Orlando, a very young team, but very confident team as well. Those, ga- you know, those are games that the Magic are going to have to flip. And again, we're talking about the play-in chase. The Magic got to find ways to flip games. That was my big point coming out of the Portland game. You got to find a way to flip these games. You got to find a way to win these games to get yourself into the play play in conversation. If Orlando is able to go three and one, I think we will be coming home from this road trip very seriously talking about the playing tournament. I know a lot of people were despairing after that one and three homestand, but I think if Orlando is able to come home from this from this uh, road trip three and one, maybe even two and two. Would not surprise me if they picked up some ground, if they're two and a half, three games out of the plane when they come back. As long as they're that close, there's still a chance. And look, it's going to take wins. they got to string some wins together. The Magic haven't had a two-game win streak in a very long time, since since early February. they got to win games to make this happen. And it's got to start on the road, and these are winnable games. This is a road trip that is difficult, challenging, but one that this Magic team has proven time and time again that it can be up for the challenge for. It's just about getting the job done. And yes, stealing a game somewhere. That the New Orleans the New Orleans win was huge because they stole that, not that they stole that game, but they made the plays to win the game late. It was a 50-50 game, and Orlando went out and took it. The Magic have to keep that mentality and keep doing that. And look, I love, I love how these guys are playing right now. Um, the Utah game, I thought, was a good step forward. The Miami game was obviously a huge win. Keep that energy up, bring back some of that defense, and the Magic are going to be able to win some games here down the stretch. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, your tune in to Himoy, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, make your second listen the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. 
Follow Game to Game on Locked on NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked on Magic, this is Bill Cross. Another episode.